I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. Yo soy. I am Mount Mary. Welcome to the I Am Mount Mary podcast. I'm Ted Ishler. Now we always talk about the stories of incredible people who make Mount Mary such a unique university. Well, today we have a truly unique guest. Madia Bita is a student with an unbelievable story of courage and perseverance that led her from Afghanistan to Mount Mary University, and she's here to tell us all about it. Madia, welcome. Um, hello. Thank you. Glad uh, to see you here. So let's start at the whole beginning of your story and tell us about growing up in Afghanistan. The first thing I can say is definitely very different from here um, in in my entire life while I was there, we never really had any plans of immigrating anywhere. Um, but then when the Taliban took over, it just all happened very quickly. And I had to just adjust to things, even though it was all very sudden. Um, so yeah, I got really, really lucky. Um, and I ended up in Mount Mary. So many of my friends didn't have the chance to do that. And some of them are even engaged and married now because honestly, there's nothing else they can do with their lives when they're in there. And most of them are also just in um, second countries, like the countries around Afghanistan to find a way to get out of the country. Um, but yeah, I somehow ended up here from um, Afghanistan um, and how, how old were you when the Taliban took over and you, your family saw this isn't a place that we can stay? Uh, well, it was about two years ago and I was 17. Um, and I have a, I, I'm, I was 17 and I had a, f at the time, five-year-old brother. Um, my family knew that if we stayed there, First of all, it was really dangerous for my father because he used to do a lot of activism. Um, and that made him kind of a target. Uh, we have this thing in my culture where women have to wear like a burqa. I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but mm -hmm. my dad in a protest, he wore that to um, to oppose the idea of like, why do women have to wear this? Um, and to also experience how it feels for men to like wear that to go around with something that's on your face you can't really see anything and and that made one of the leaders really mad so he was he was a target so what that was the first reason we had to move out and then it was it was just nowhere for my mom couldn't go to work i wouldn't be able to finish school or go to college um and the environment was really just it wasn't safe. You couldn't go out at night and it was just dangerous to go out at, during the day. Um, and when stuff like that happened, political upheavals, it makes the like f um, economy and everything else really hard too. So there was just, there was just no way we could stay. Yeah. And that had to be an agonizing decision, I'm sure for your parents too. Um, were you in on any of that or talk about what happened with that? Um, my parents, we while the forces were getting out of the country, uh, we, I, I'm not sure if anyone saw the stuff in the media where people were hanging on the airplanes and stuff. Um, so everyone was trying to get to the airport to get out of the country, and we were some we we attempted to do that too a, a couple of times, 
uh, because my, my dad was worked with a Canadian organization for a little while and they were helping us kind of uh, to like get out and go to Canada. And uh, that actually did work, but we couldn't get out through the airport. We had like eight to nine attempts to go there. And then when we would go there, I guess that was some of the hardest hardest moments because um, it was an environment of there were so many people we were we kept getting squished there were Taliban like walking around with their guns and like sometimes because the crowd would like really um, go towards I guess it would get really crowded and they wanted to scare people off so they would like shot in the sky I remember this uh, I think this was our seventh or sixth attempt um, after like standing in the sun for about seven hours, not moving an inch because it was really crowded, they started to push people out of the way by shooting in the sky and creating a chaos. And um, yeah, that, that's the point where I was like, I might die like right here. And I was holding, I remember I was holding my brother, even though like a few minutes before that, before they started the chaos, I was really tired. I couldn't like, I couldn't hold him. My dad was holding him the entire, like the entire time we were standing there. But in that moment, when I was, um, when we were getting pushed off by the guns, I don't know how I got the strength, but I was holding him really tight and trying to run away. Um, Nothing happened but it was just it was really scary and after that we just decided not to go anymore it's not worth the risk um so yeah but my parents never really did like think about leaving afghanistan because my dad knew it would be really difficult to like build a completely new life again to like find a job and get a house get a car have a stable environment for us for his kids to grow so he never really thought about immigrating even though he did have a couple of chances, but in this situation, he just saw, knew that there was just no other way. Um, so that has to be something for a seventeen-year-old to think: I could die out here, and having done it many times to try to escape. Does that sort of thing stay with you now after all of this? It, throughout my life, my teenagehood, just like my entire life in Afghanistan, this was always like a constant fear of I might die because we did have um, bomb explosions that like happened randomly and on different times of the year. Um, I didn't have any like friends, friends, like really close friends who passed away in like some of those explosions. But we had explosions that happened in educational centers, in weddings and just crowded places when there was a event going on somewhere like a religious event so we knew people of like friends of friends and friends and relatives who would like die like that but i didn't have any like a really close relationship with any of those people and so it was just in everybody's mind today when i go out i might not come back home because these were just random so I don't think back then it was like a really constant, like it wasn't really foreign for like to think of dying. But um, now that I'm here and I've spent about two, two and a half years in North America, um, it, it's it's more of a scary thought now. And when I think about those days, I, some of my friends who some of the relatives who were able to move out of Afghanistan at the time, they like go back and like take photos um, like I see it it's still the same but I can't think of going back anymore because I remember how stuck I felt um, I felt like 
I couldn't, I, ca- I can't get out of the situation. This is it. This is the end of it. Um, so I, that, that's, that's how I feel about it. Wow. So how did your family finally get out? Um, so after about, I think two weeks in about seven, eight attempts of going to the airport, uh, my, my dad, he used to do a lot of activism, activism. So he had a lot of uh, connections with a bunch of Americans and some Canadians who were trying to help us get out. And with the organization that he worked in, it's called, um, Canadian woman for Afghan woman. She, the, the CEO of the company, the organization, she knew my dad for about 10, 12 years. So she helped us, uh, moved to Pakistan from Afghanistan. Uh, we went with, uh, we, we had to go to another city to get to the airport because the capital city where I lived in, Kabul, there was just no way we could get to the airport. So we went to um, Pakistan and we stayed there for about a month and a half to get our Canadian visa. Um, and then from there we went to Canada. And it was also that it was also a stressful time because we didn't know were we going to get the visa? Were they going to give it to us? Or what if they don't? I remember my mom being really stressed out thinking about, oh, my God, how are, if, if they don't give us the visa, how are we going to go back? Um, so that's, that's how it happened. And then to move to a new country like Canada that you've never been to, totally different culture, that had to be kind of a, a shock as well. Um, yeah, I, I remember the f- we came actually in October. So like with all the Halloween stuff, everything was everything was new. Um, I didn't really know what to do after this. Um, and the just the cultural difference. At first, it's hard to communicate with people. You have nothing and nothing mutual. Uh, the things they talk about, you're like, I, I don't really know what this is or what that means. But um, it's, it's just a slow adjustment. Definitely, it definitely was a shock, but um, because I I used to go to a lot of English courses when I was little um, to like just learn the language, but actually like with like no plan, just just going to like learn a second language. I did have some information about the culture because I used to like watch movies, uh, but it was still a shock to like be in there. So. And then somehow you uh, found your way to Mount Mary. Yeah, this was really interesting too. After about a month of going to Canada, um, some of some of my dad's friends who were trying to help us, they um, inter- they they were wondering what we were going to do now. Like now, what was I going to do? What was he going to do? So they in this process of coming to Mount Mary happened before we came to Canada. So they were just trying to open, like keep a few doors open for us. So if, if Canada didn't work out, we could have come here. Um, so that like started before we came to Canada. But then when we came to Canada, it just got really, um, it was for sure we were going to do it. Um, they, they were trying to help, to help us find our new, find their way, I guess. Um, so, yeah, my friend, my dad had a friend who had a friend. We actually, um, Ancha Streckel, who's the international student advisor, mm-hmm. she helped us with a lot of things. Um, so I'm really thankful to her. And yeah, it's just, I still wonder how I ended up from Afghanistan, Kabul to United States, Milwaukee. I still don't know the reason, um, but I'm really grateful and I'm trying to learn whatever I can and do my best. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I still have three more years <laughs> to figure out how, why I ended up here. And it, it has to be sometimes when you're just sitting in class to think of all that you've been through. Does that ever go through your mind? It's like, here I am in Milwaukee at Mount Mary and just everything else that's happened over the last few years. Is that something that you constantly think about? I, I do think about it a lot, um, especially with um, all my friends still back, being back there. I sit in class. If it's a, if it's something difficult that I'm not really understanding, I, I just take a moment and I'm like, my friends back there don't have the chance to do this. So I need to do my best because because they can't do it. So I have to uh, use the opportunity that I have. Um, and that gets me through the day. And I also think about how out of all places I ended up here and all the differences that if this has made on my on my life. Talk about the welcome that you received at Mount Mary. Did that make the transition a little bit easier for you? Definitely. I did not expect to be welcomed the way I did. Um, Ancha really helped me with like with everything. She was really friendly. She still helps me a lot with like getting just my life together, license, and like. Um, I don't know, insurance or going out, like finding a new location to explore. She helps me with everything. And one more time, grateful for being here because the school just has such a rich history. Um, and I was just feeling really pr proud to have the chance to be here. And yeah, I just, I got really welcomed by her and um, everybody else. Mount Mary has a really uh, friendly environment, all the faculty, the students, everybody's nice to you. I think it's really, it was the best place for me to come after going through all that because you can find yourself and um, people are just really nice. So what's your plan now after, once you complete Mount Mary, you still have three years, I guess. Mm -hmm. What do you hope to do after that? Um, I'm, I'm doing my Bachelor of Science in Nursing right now, and I'm planning to definitely go for a graduate program after I finish this. I'm also minoring in English, um, which was another thing that happened when I came here because of how nice my professors were um, and how they just like gave, gave me this inspiration, how they encouraged me. Uh, in just my writing and in general, I decided to do it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm loving it. Uh, I do have a bunch of English and literature classes. And that's, that's something that happened when I came here because, because of Mount Mary and its faculty. So, so when you think back on everything that you've been through and think about the different person that you were two, three years ago, what does that mean to you? There's been a lot of changes, and I think I found my way better. I don't think I would have become this person if I wasn't if I didn't come here. Things would have happened different differently, and I wouldn't be who I am today. I'm sure you never could have pictured three years ago where you are today. Definitely not. Um, I, as I mentioned before, everything happened suddenly, um, so I never pictured this to happen and I, I still don't know what's going to happen in the next three years but I know that um, I have a good foundation for it because I'm here well we are so glad you're here and now your story is part of the rich heritage and culture of Mount Mary so good luck on everything the future has in store thank you so much 
Thanks again, Madia, for being here. And we thank everyone for listening. We will talk to you again soon on the I Am Mount Mary podcast.